Okay, this morning we're going to continue preaching on the theme of this year, which is the year of restoration. And like I said, I believe that God wants to restore everything and anything that has been lost. So if you are here this morning and you say, you know what, I have lost over the last two years. With the entire thing, what is going on with the COVID and the MCO and all that, I have lost so much, I believe that God wants to restore it. Amen? If you have lost peace, God wants to restore peace. If you have lost joy, that was we talked about last week, God wants to restore your joy. Where you have lost financially, I believe even that, God wants to restore. Amen? Today we're going to talk about our heart cry to God, saying, God, restore integrity into my life. God, restore integrity. Now I know that is a topic that might not be so easy. I believe that I will step on one or two or maybe three of your toes this morning. So I hope that you came prepared, not only in slippers, but in your shoes Because I believe after this, you will feel a little bit, oh, you know what? Pastor stepped on one of my toes today. But you know what? I believe sometimes we need to hear the truth so that God can really change us. What does the Bible say? The truth shall set you free. And we want to be free, amen? And we want the things of God restored into our lives. So today we're going to talk about restore integrity And this is found in Psalms 41, 11 and 12. Psalm 41, 11 and 12. And there it says, By this I know that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout in triumph over me. But you have upheld me because of my integrity. And set me in, the present, in your presence forever. You have upheld me because of my integrity. I believe it is imperative for each and every one of our lives to walk in integrity. Integrity is something that we have to we have restored back into our life. Now, if you go and make a search and you make a little bit of research. The definition of integrity, it will be up there. The definition is basically the state, the quality of being honest and having strong moral, moral principles. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Now, we knew all that, right? That is, doesn't come as a surprise to any one of you. But if you look into the topic a little bit more, you will come across that there's other definitions that go a little bit deeper. And that definition is the state of being whole and undivided. So a life of integrity is not only living, trying to live a good moral life. Living a life of integrity is living your life whole as one. That means if I meet you in giant, that I will see the same person as I will see this morning in church. That means if I see you in traffic jam on federal, when you go to work, I should see the same person that sits here on Sunday morning. Ooh, that was a hard one, right? Because maybe a few, 
meet me on the road and I'm agitated, you will see a different side of Pastor Stefan. <laughs> that really tests my patience. But living a life of integrity is we are living one life. We are living a life that is undivided. We are being one person. We are not Monday morning one person. And then when it comes towards the weekend, we are not one person with our family. And then we are a different person with our working colleagues. And then we are a different person on a Sunday morning. A life of integrity means you live one life. You won't pretend to be somebody else. You know what? When I was growing up, we had a, a topic in Germany that was uh, German literature. And so one of the, the things we read, a very old play from a German literature book that was written. So the teacher took us to a theater to see a performance. Now the book had about five main characters. But when we got to the theater, only one actor came on stage. And what he would do is he would have his monologue and his acting, and then he would just go to the side, take his mask off, and put on another mask. And then he would act as the second character. And then he would go to the side, take off the mask, put another mask on, and would act as a different person. So he was an actor acting all five different parts of the play. He never changed his clothes. He only changed the mask that he was wearing. And I believe, you know what? If we are not careful, we can live life like that. That we wear a mask when we come on a Sunday morning to church. Holy. God is good. Hallelujah. I am doing well, brother. Thank you. Sister, I'm doing well. Thank you. The Lord is good. Praise the Lord. Thank God. And then we come to work on a Monday morning and we're wearing a different mask. So our working colleagues see a very different side of us than the church people on a Sunday morning. But when we are talking about living a life of integrity, we are living one life. And before God that we can say, I am the same person on a Sunday morning, Monday morning, all the way through the week. What people see in me, that is what is really inside of me. Because I believe we are basically made up out of three things. That is our words, our actions, and our beliefs. And I believe I have a picture up there. Our words, our actions, and our beliefs. Now where those three circles intercept that is our integrity. Now, very often we have all the right words, and maybe we even have all the right beliefs, but our actions don't go with what our words and our beliefs are. That means we are not living a life of integrity. That's why the next portion where the intercept, I colored it red, that is integrity. Where those three circles intercept, that is integrity. Now, if our words, actions, and belief don't match with one another, we are not living a life of integrity. But the next portion shows, the next picture, how our lives should look like. That our words, our actions, and belief intercept more and more. Now, I don't believe, or I believe, that we will probably never come to a place where all three match perfectly. Because we are humans, right? We are humans, we make mistakes, 
so it will never perfectly align. But our job, our journey as a Christian is to make sure that our life of integrity becomes more and more substantial in our life. That our words, our actions, and our beliefs start to match up more and more. That we live according to what they are saying. That we live, our actions will reflect our beliefs. That everything that we do is in one unit in our life. Amen? Okay, the first thing you might now ask, why should I live a life of integrity? Why is it so important? Where the first point is, is because we are accountable to God. We are accountable to God. Revelations 20 verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. We are accountable before God for our action. Now, just to clarify this a little bit, there is basically two books. One is the book of life, and then there is other books where all our deeds are recorded. I mean, figuratively speaking, of course. But basically, when we come to heaven and everyone, every one of us, we will stand before God one day, and He will open up the book of life, and then he will look, okay, there, Aaron uh, Sherwin is in there. Oh, yeah, there, uncle is in there. Oh, yeah, I find your name, so you will go to heaven because you are saved. You have Jesus as your advocate. You are written in the book of life. You will go to heaven. But that is not the end of the story. Then the other book will be open, and then you will be judged. I will be judged on every deed, every action that I did in my life. And you know what? All of us have to face that one day. And I hope and I believe, I trust that it will go well. Amen? That we have good deeds. But the deeds are not to determine if you go to heaven or not. That is not the purpose of it. If your name is written in the book of life, you are saved. You will go to heaven. But there are still the deeds, our action, that will be judged. So we are accountable to God for our actions. Now Matthew 6 verse 32 says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account at a day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. Now if you go into the original and you look a little bit deeper where it says empty words, the word that they use is argon, which means even the thoughtless words. The things that we have spoken where we thought about our response, but also the words that we have just let loose. Not even thinking about our mouth, our tongues were faster than our brains. Even for those things, we will be judged before God. Ah! See, I told you I would step on a few toes, right? So we are accountable to God for all our actions and all our words. That's why it's so important that we give God room in us, in our heart to work so that we can become the people of character and integrity that God wants in us. 
So we have to say, God, work in me. God, do your work in me. You have uh, begun the work in me. Make sure that I get on with it and hopefully even come to a finish line. That your integrity will be produced in my life. But I also believe that a life of integrity is not a perfect life. God does not demand perfection. But he is looking for an open heart. For the heart posture where we in humility come to God and say, God, change me. If there's anything in my life that needs to be changed, change it so that I can become a man, a woman, a boy or girl of integrity. You know what? Growing up in Germany, I remember I was about six or seven years old. So I followed my mom to Klobus. Now, Klobus is basically the German version of Giant. So we went to go to Klobus to buy groceries. So we did all the shopping. Now I came with my mom with the trolley to the checkout. And now we were in the line for the checkout. And then, like here also, the checkout has all the goodies, all the snacks, all the nice things that is basically aimed for kids that you just take it and put it on the, on the checkout. So I saw bubblegum, and that bubblegum was the best brand because the consistency of the bubblegum was very thick. So when you made a bubble, you could make really big bubbles, and I wanted that. So I knew if I asked my mom, can I have the bubblegum, she would say, no need. I knew that. So instead of asking my mom, I did the look. You know the look? The look, looking around. Anybody see me? Anybody looking at me? Then I went, I took it, and I put it in my pocket. And then we went to the checkout. Nobody saw me. We went to the car. Nobody knew. Nobody came after us. Nobody said anything. Nobody knew. I had a bubble gum in my pocket. And then at night, like my dad would always do, he would come into our room. We would read a Bible story and pray and go to bed. So that night was the same. My dad came in. My dad came in. He read the Bible story to us. We prayed, and we lay down to sleep. Lights off, sleeping time. In Germany, it's way earlier than Malaysia. There was about 6, 30, 7 o'clock. It's bedtime. So I was now lying in bed, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my goodness, what I did was wrong. But I pushed it aside. I, ah, never mind. You know what? It's just a little bit of bubble gum. Nobody got hurt. It's okay. You know, the shop won't even miss it. You know what? The shop has so much there. I didn't have bubble gum. They have so much lying there. You know what? Never mind. It's okay. But it was so in my heart and it was like just my heart started to beat faster. Then I thought, you know what? Even my friends are doing it. You know what? It's okay. All my friends are doing it. They just nick it here and there a little bit. It's okay. But I felt so bad that after a while I got up, I went to the living room and I told my parents what I did. Oh, mommy, papa, I took the bubble gum. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I felt so bad for what I have done. So my mom got up. We went to take a piece of paper. And my mom and I, we wrote an apology letter to Globus. Dear Globus, I am so sorry that I took the bubble gum. Please forgive me. Wrote an apology letter. And then my mom went to my piggy bank. And I said, you know what? The bubble gum is actually one euro, but we're going to put five euros into the envelope. 
Five euros. It was a lot of money. I was a small boy. And the bubblegum only one, one, one euro. But they put five euros inside. We sealed the envelope. The next day we got to the post office and we mailed it off to the headquarters of Globus. And I felt so much relief. You know what? Living a life of integrity is not living a perfect life. Very often is how we deal with a situation where we do mess up. How do we respond when we make a mistake? Because reality is we are all humans. We will make mistakes somewhere along the line. Now we are trying so hard. I try so hard not to make mistakes, not to mess up. But I am human, so I will mess up here and there once in a while. It is normal. But if we live a life of integrity, is how we deal with the situation where we do make mistakes. That we come to God and say, God, I did a mistake. I, I did wrong, but help me to become better. So if we mess up, we fess up, we get uh, forgiveness, and then we move on. And let, let God work in us to become better people. Amen? So we have to make a commitment in our heart. God, I want to do the best that I can, but if I make a mistake, help me to get it right. Help me make it right, and next time to do the right thing. Amen? Because that is what repentance really means. Very often we think repentance means we go to God saying, God, I'm sorry, shed a few tears when we come to the altar, and then we are forgiven. Yes, we are forgiven, but that is only the first step of repentance. Once we say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, help me, repentance means you turn around from the way that you were on before, you turn away and you go into another direction. That is what a life of integrity means. To live the life that God wants us to live. Amen. So we are going to be accountable for our every word and every action in our life. Why else? Why integrity? Because we are accountable to one another. We need to live a life of integrity because we are accountable to one another. Genesis 39 verse 9. It says, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing against my master and sin against God? Now, I believe I read another translation. What you have is, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Another translation is, how could I do such a wicked thing against my master and sin against God? Now, for those who know, this is the story of Joseph. Joseph had a dream. He told the brother, they got so jealous, they sold him into slavery into Egypt. He became a slave at a man now house named Potiphar. And he was so blessed. He was doing such a good job. He was handsome. He was well built. That is all in the Bible. Okay, so Potiphar was so pleased with him that he made him the head of the entire house. All the servants were under him because he was a good worker and he took things seriously. But then Potiphar's wife took a liking to her. So she wanted a little boo-boo who was not her hubby. In other words, she wanted to do a little bit of Netflix and chill. 
So she wanted to do something that she was not supposed to do. Now what did Joseph do? He said exactly this. How could I do such a wicked thing against my master and sin against God? So he basically said, how could I sin against God and how could I sin against my master? I cannot do such a wicked thing. Why? Because he understood that he is accountable to God, but he is also accountable to his master. I want to put it close to our hearts this morning that we are accountable to one another. We don't like to hear that, right? Very often in the Western world now, the idea is being promoted. You know what? What you do, do whatever you want to do. You do you and I do me. Whatever you do doesn't affect me. I want to do what I want to do. As long as I don't hurt anybody, I want to do whatever I want to do. But reality is, what I do in my life will affect you. And what you are doing will affect my life. So we are not only accountable to God, but we are accountable to one another. Ever heard the saying where it says, you know what, only God can judge me. Well, I understand the sentiment behind it. I understand what people are saying, but at the same time, not really. Because what you are doing will affect me, especially when it comes to family. What I do will affect Joanna, my wife. What I do will affect my children. The way that I live my life will affect my boss and the company that I work at. The way that I live will affect my church. The way that I live affects everyone around me. So we have to understand that we are accountable to God, but we are also accountable to one another. So I want to become a better pastor because I am accountable to you. I want you to become a better Christian because you are accountable to God, but you're also accountable to the people at your working place. Have you really lived a life of testimony? A testimony for God. You are accountable to the people around you. So integrity 1.0 means I am accountable to God. Integrity 2.0 means I am accountable to you. And the pro version, integrity 3.0 means I will help you become a better person. And I let you help me become a better person. But that means that we have to be a little bit more transparent. That we give each other a little bit of room to speak into each other's life. See, the thing is, I have blind spots. I have things in my character that are still flawed because I'm human, but I don't even know that I have these things in my life. So if somebody will see it, especially probably the first one who will notice is your spouse because you live with them constantly, right? 24-7. So I have to give them a room to speak into my life and say, you know what? Maybe you have to change. Maybe this is not so good. I know this is not easy because we don't like to hear our flaws and our shortcomings. But if we really want to grow, 
we need to let other people have a say into our life. When I was growing up, uh, I had a, a missionary from Netherlands who was actually from Suriname coming to our church, and he became our youth pastor. So one of the uh, meetings that we had, I went up to him and I said, you know what, I want to be accountable, so I give you the right to speak into my life. And every once in a while, he would come to me and say, hey, Stefan, what's going on? How are you? What is going on in your life? But you know what? That made me accountable to someone for my actions. And that kept me out of a lot of trouble. Because next time I would go to a party, I would think, hey, you know what? Winston will ask me what I did and how I'm doing. You know what? Then I have to confess. You know what? I better behave. See, it's not so much the Holy Spirit who convicted me beforehand. It was because I was accountable to someone. But we are accountable to one another. You know what? On my Germany trip three years ago, last time I went back to Germany, three years ago, we went shopping with the kids and we were at one of the stores and in the front at the checkout, there was a big basket and it's called the 10 euro basket. Basically in the basket is everything for sale, 10 euros or below. So Joanna and the kids, they were looking at clothes. So I was just walking around the store and then I saw a boy, maybe 14, 15 years old. He was at the basket and he did a look. I see, I knew the look because I did the look before. So when I saw him do the look, I knew what was going to happen. He did a look. He looked around. He didn't see me. He took something and put it in his pocket. And then he did a look again just to confirm, just to double check. Yeah? So he did a look. He looked this side. Then he looked this side. And I was standing right there looking at him. And when he saw me looking at him, he knew that I knew what he just did. And he was just looking at me. And I looked at him and I just shook my head. And he was looking at me. Then he started to look a bit sad. He put it out of his pocket. He put it back and he looked back at me again. And then for some reason, I felt quite proud of the boy that he put it back. And so I thought, you know what? I want to make him feel a little bit better. So when he looked at me, I looked at him and said, ah. And then he looked at me and was like, what is this guy doing? But he had a little smile on his face and he left the store. Now, I would like to think that this encounter changed his life. That he realized now that stealing is not the way. That he wanted to change his life. He went to church. He got his life in order. He became a pastor. He planted a church. He had a good ministry. And one day in heaven, he will come to me and say, you know what? That time when you looked at me, I was about to steal something that changed my life. I would like to think that. Reality is, I don't know what happened. For all I know, he could have gone out to the next store, to the next store and steal something. I don't know. But you know what? In that, we have to be accountable. So we help one another to become better versions of ourselves. So we are accountable to God, but we are also accountable to one another. Why else do we live a life of integrity? It's because integrity is a source of peace. Integrity is a source of peace. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. The one who walks in integrity walks securely, but the ones whose ways are wicked will be found out. You know what? I can sleep well tonight because I pursue integrity in my life. I don't have to worry about a screenshot being sent to Joanna, my wife, 
of something that I said to somebody else. I don't have to worry about a lady coming and accusing me of getting her pregnant. I don't have to worry about deleting my browser history. I don't have to worry about my kids picking up my phone and seeing something explicit that was not supposed to be on there. I can have a peace of mind because I try to live in integrity. If I walk in integrity, I walk securely. I can walk in peace. But if my ways are crooked, I will be found out. Not maybe found out. The truth eventually will come out. So I want a life of peace. I want to sleep well at night. I don't have the grace to live a double life. I don't have the grace to do this and that and then have to cover one lie with another lie. And then I have to remember the lie that I told some person so that I can cover that lie with another lie. And then somebody else said, hey, but you said this to me and then I have to cover that lie with another lie because the lie in the first place was a lie. Come on. If we pursue integrity, we can live in peace. You know what? I came across a Facebook poll where it says there was one guy, he was asking, you know what? I was uh, uh, looking through my phone, I put it down, and my wife wanted to pick up the phone and see what I was doing on my phone. And he was asking everyone, do you think it's right for your wife to go through your phone? Or is that your private life? Is that your, your privacy? Nothing to do. The wife just has to trust that you're doing the right thing. She has no right to snoop around in your phone. When I saw that and the responses that people said, you know what, all oh, your wife should trust you because a good relationship is built on trust, so she has no right to demand to see in your phone and blah, 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 so many comments. When I saw that, I showed it to Joanna and I said, you know what, you can go through my phone anytime. I mean, she knows the pin to my phone since we got married and I know the pin to her phone. So, but I wanted to know I wanted her to know that she can pick up my phone anytime without telling me and just go through everything. Go through my messages, go through my Facebook, through my Instagram. Just see what I have been up to, what I watch. It's okay. Why? Because I want to live in integrity. It's not that you don't trust the other person or they don't trust you, but you basically open up yourself so that you can walk in peace. So that you, even the boundaries that you set, that they will keep you from doing stupid stuff. Amen? Because that is what a life of integrity looks like. That I am first of all accountable to God, but I'm accountable to other people, to you, to my family. And I want to walk in peace. That I can sleep well tonight because I pursue the peace of God. I pursue integrity in my life. Amen. Let the praise team come this morning.